comic book Dan. Welcome back, all you four color funny book aficionados. This is US Comics Cast HQ for all things comic book connected. We are John and Charlie Rivera, the co-founders of US Comics. John! Happy Comic Book Day. And happy Comic Book Day to you, Charlie. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. What happened to this show, man? You're, you're busy being Broadway John, well, and you yet know, you're here on time. Well, you know, this time I just I just decided to tell Chaz to just go fuck himself. So I'm just going to enjoy hosting the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> From uh, from over at the Secret Stash, live from the Secret Stash, from the world of Kevin Smith and the Smod Castle Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Christian, Christian, welcome back, baby. What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on last week. You were nice enough to play host uh, for me to join over uh, with you and uh, and the Zapsix. Um, so I thought it was only fair to bring you on, have a wonderful show, just talk about all this, you know, goofy, wonderful, oh, uh, yeah. wonderful stuff. There's um, not a gun just out of frame, guys. It's all good. <laughs> There's no hostage situation. Mike is behind the camera, just making you, just making you feel, you know, just right. Oh, what is this? Uh, oh, excuse me. Oh, what are you talking about? Who's John? Where's John? Yeah, Christian, you better back it up. Um, What's going on? We we turn our back for two minutes. I'm here. I want you to introduce you to my muscle. So let's see who's replacing who now. I'm the muscle. Oh, oh, what? what? That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who's, oh, no, who's no. replacing who? What's going on? Wait, you got muscle? Well, I I got muscle too. This is this is my homeboy Pee Wee. He's gonna fight with me, you man. You know what? You try just, to fight Pee Wee Herman. Just just for um, emotional reasons, I will go ahead and acquiesce. Guys, I'm about to jump on stage. Christian, do my name proud, brother. Show Charlie what's up. Guys, have a great show. We'll see you next week. Take care. Break a leg. We got Broadway oh, and company. Just just coming in, breaking. Guys, if you want to go check out uh, Broadway John and crew, their show opens up this Saturday, cmpac.com for tickets. They're selling like hotcakes. Uh, Bronx Tale opening this Saturday. Uh, Christian, you're, you're filling the seat oh so well. But just for my own edification, I do have to finish the full opening promo. Happy Comic Book Day to all of you listening and watching today. As always, we are brought to you by Band Mary Band and Sergeant Finesse Gaming. We're unofficially brought to you by Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. If you haven't done so already, please smash that like and or follow button and hit that comment section like you have a chance of being in Kevin Smith's next movie, which you might if you follow some steps we'll talk about a little bit later on the show. But Christian, my friend. What's up, buddy? You and I in pre-show, we're talking about the, the high holy art, the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we couldn't help but out ourselves as, uh, we as, we as, as just turtle fans, oh, as obsessed sure. turtle nerds. Uh, so the, the most important question, we'll get it right out of... Uh, we'll get it right out of the way. The brand new Ninja Turtle movie has hit cinema's 
absolutely doing its damnedest to keep up with a powerful box office, doing really, really well uh, domestically, struggling <laughs> a little bit internationally, but one thing is true, uh, and it cannot be denied, Turtle Fever is back in full uh, dominance of the toy shelves. So we'll start with this, Christian. What turtle do you identify as, and slightly more importantly, which turtle do you think you probably are as a young adult? Um, so I always identified with Raph. I always understood. I always understood the struggle, man. Like I, I always understood that position and that anger and rage. Like I found Ninja Turtles at the right fucking time, dude. Like it was at a point where school was just sucking and I needed the laughs of laughs and I needed just some action and fun. And Ninja Turtles filled that void so well. And I latched on to this franchise. Like, I, fe- I have such strong feelings about Ninja Turtles. It, it would probably surprise most people. I mean, but- I, I think they did such a good job of making sure that the Turtles were so in front of us so often. I know on the toy shelves and yeah. the cartoon and the commercials, for me... A huge chunk of my childhood is just the USA Cartoon Express and watching like the different cartoons interact on that beautiful train. And the turtles were always front and center. What do you think it is? Because I'm also a self-identified Raphael. I've been accused of occasionally being a party dude. I'm not the best with technology, so I don't know if I've ever been accused of being a Donatello. (laughs) I certainly try to take charge like I know a thing or two like Leonardo. What was it about the, the turtles specifically? That you think hooked you so so easily, and and what's important to keep in mind is not only hooked you, it keeps hooking generation after generation. But what do you think it was about the turtles that you saw and you were like, this is it? Just that they love pizza and we love pizza? Oh, is it just that they are a tight crew of like best friend brothers? What from was it dude, that worked from, for you? From a big dude to a big dude, the pizza played a strong part in it. We we know we just won't talk about it. Okay, I'm saying. <laughs> but, but I think really, it's a couple of things. It's not just like the catchiest of names in a brand. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a title that has no right working as well as it fucking does. Like, it's so silly. It's, and so, it's silly so preposterous in the best way that it drags you in just from words. Like that's amazing, and then. As I've gotten older, I've really appreciated seeing a very strong family dynamic. Like, I know it, like, that's not one of the many things people talk about, but, like, even when the Ninja Turtles fight, there was always a brotherly love amongst them. And it's, we all, and with siblings, I've got a brother and sister who are twins. And it's something where it's like, yeah, we bicker, but it's like at the end of the day, like that's the type of relationship I would love with my yeah. family, and I do have. And it's something where it's like that, seeing seeing something so positively shown on TV and comics is cool because let's be honest, like most of the time we see cartoons with siblings, they all fucking hate each other. It's like it is, it is, it is very. It's very strange that Ninja Turtles is one of those very first things where it's like, your brothers absolutely can be 
your best friends. Uh, big shout out to JokerStream. JokerStream joining us from the Purple site Twitch. Uh, Joker, I'm very curious to know what turtle you identify as, so make sure you let us know in the uh, in the chat. For me, what I always thought was really, really interesting about that dynamic, it made it really okay that the brothers disagreed a lot and argued yes. a lot. And in this little 22-minute toy commercial, they were always able to illustrate kind of that bond. What really blows me away, though, is by the time we get to the live-action film, in my opinion, one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. It stands next to Batman 89. It stands next to Chris Reeve and Superman. The original oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is fucking amazing. Hold up to this day. It is a masterclass in how to adapt something. It, it is it, such it, a fucking good movie. It like, does such a good job of upping the stakes while taking away everything that they couldn't afford to do in an indie film. The, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live-action film is basically movie. the first at-bat of films like The Crow or films like Blade. It was a lower-budget picture. They spent is, all that money on that puppeteering work, and it pays crazy. dividends. Which is crazy because you also have to consider, like, yes, this is a low-budget film. But the fact that they were able to trim the fat so well on a franchise that was already being established in a toy franchise with, with comics, with the cartoon, with all that. And then on top of that, you're able to convince Jim fucking Henson at the top of his game to invest in this little fucking indie movie that they needed costumes for. And it becomes one of their crowning fucking achievements that to this day, those costumes hold up. I don't care what I mean anyone has to say. Like, if they were to ever make a new, like, live-action Ninja Turtles movie, I guarantee you, with some little CGI enhancements, the costumes could work again. Oh, my God. Though, you could literally rebuild those costumes. And what was amazing was everything about that movie was so kind of ahead of the curve. Because if you do look at the sequel, you look at Secret of the Ooze, the suits are not made by Jim Henson, and you could tell. And they're not way worse. They're just worse. So, right? The puppeteering is almost as good, not as good. They're a little bit more flappy-lipped. By so the time you get to the third little, one... Wolf. I'll let you know a little secret, John. Nope, sorry. Wow, John, I apologize. Charlie, anyway. J Charlie, I'm going to let you know a little secret. I'm a puppet nerd. I know some nice. shit about puppets. Now, so Secrets of the Ooze, it's still Henson. It's the third movie. The third oh, movie. Oh, is it the third? The Why third does the movie? second movie like look cheaper? Because check Just this out. Worse? So it looks cheaper because it's not physically cheaper in terms of production. It's cheaper because they aimed it more for the children. So because it's a much more like fast-paced, quick-witted movie, you kinda there's a little less charm yeah. than what there was in the first one. Because in the first one they take the lore very, very seriously. And then I don't know if you've picked this up because a lot of not a lot of people do, but in the in the second one, they don't really use their weapons as much. They don't use them at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they literally like at one point Leo throws his swords into the ceiling and hangs from them to kick someone. Um I, I know that 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 was like the very start of what you know a decade later the Power Rangers had to deal with, which was like no violence. We're kids. We love violence. But I watched a kid the... straight up boot another kid in the mouth. Like, 
Charlie. But here's the thing, though. Ninja Turtles was smart about how they showed its violence. And I think that a lot of people kind of forget this thing about the franchise. Like, yes, it does have fun violence. It's four Ninja Brothers fighting with fucking katanas, nunchucks, swords. Like, it's ridiculous. But with Splinter being there, being the master... He's teaching safe use of them, and he's teaching ways of how to actually, like, when to use them. Like, don't go looking for a fight, but if you have to fight, know how to fight. And this is how you do it. So, like the, ver- the first life lesson yeah, of like, violence only when you need it. It was very, uh, very like, Mr. Miyagi of, of him. Yeah, exactly. Out of all the fucking franchises, Ninja Turtles is going to tell me. Fucking. To like this, advice. this rat and those lizard type people really do have it figured out christian the for me the the power of a property the power of a license is in its weakest at that so for me the the kind of terminator-esque live action giant cg turtles um they are they are the weakest incarnations even compared to teenage mutant Turtles three however i think there are some really excellent beats in those flicks, Raphael has a beautiful arc between those two films. Um, I, I think it looks inherently bad. I think it is a, a clunky set of flicks. I think Casey Jones in in that second Ninja Turtle, uh, Out of the Sewers, it's called something like that. Um, I think it is Out of the Sewers. It, it's that Casey Jones is the worst adapted character of all time, considering we had such a perfect adaptation in the 90s but i still think those movies were were decent as a turtle aficionado how did you feel about the uh the i'll call them transformer-esque ninja turtles oh man i i love this franchise so much that and, and i will agree with you there are some beats in those in in those movies that really do work out of the shadows by the out, way is out, the name out of, of the shadows but here's my thing. I actually don't mind Out of the Shadows as much. I, I hate more I mean, the first B- one. Bebop and, Rock, and Rocksteady, rather, easy for me to say, are wonderful. Yes. Like, that's some of the best. Like, Seamus from the WWE kills it. I Listen, forget the other comedian. Uh, one of my favorite. It's, it's one of the most ridiculous and fun and stupid casting choices. But Tyler Perry as Baxter Stockman, are you kidding me? I actually feel like robbed that we didn't get a third one. Like, it's not my money. I was going to see it regardless because I'm a shill. Oh, yeah. So so for me, I I, I wanted to see Tyler Perry. I just want to see a fly potentially cross-dress. Yes. That's just, that's that's my main thing. But but with that being said, that first one, and even beats in the sequel, like, there's not enough good... To outweigh the bad, correct. Which and, is which is something that I think is an important ratio, right? Yes. It's something that, ironically, the Transformer movies I think have all had something good in them, all fifty-eight of them. But like Bumblebee, for me, that opening sequence is the height of Transformers. Uh, I Bumblebee. saw Beast Wars. I thought it was fine. I'm gonna blow um, your mind. Bumblebee is the best Herbie movie ever made. <laughs> it really is. On. 
You know what? Lady Hawkeye crushes it. I'm a I'm Herbie Very Loaded should have been the name of that one. Now you haven't oh, you shit. haven't seen Mutant Mayhem yet. You got busy with with the Pod Empire again. You can find Christian every Wednesday right before this show over at uh, the Secret Stash or live from the Secret Stash as it was from world famous Jay and Silent Bob's right there on Red Bank. We'll drop the address in a second. But uh, you have seen all the advertisements. You've seen them take over a Pizza Hut with uh, with all sorts of specialty pies that the that the brothers four would be into. I checked out the flick today. I ran out and uh, and peeped it, and I got to tell you. Christian, I am more excited now for you to see it than ever. I can co-sign. This was a wonderful flick. It absolutely could be the start of a franchise, but more importantly, it can be its own part of this kind of turtle goodness that we haven't explored before they really do take some interesting turns on it and i don't just mean leo finally having uh the obsession with with april i feel like each turtle has had his time pursuing a human maybe find a mutant of your own uh that's not to say that i don't think interspecies erotica has a place in in the turtle world uh i'm just saying i'm not gonna watch that video again he's erotica fuck all <laughs> <laughs> but from what you've seen man are are you are you digging the new look it has a very into yes. the spider-verse vibe i can attest to it's probably one of the visually grossest ninja turtle films when i told my brother that his reaction was they live in a sewer and they were mutated by ooze it should be a little bit gross at times uh, so, i think it's my favorite splinter uh whoa. jackie chan well, jackie chan hits it out of the park that's um, bold. i love jackie chan but to say that that's the best splinter especially knowing the live action splinter well who, here here's here's the thing they go a much different direction so i think okay. i think there is for me i'll put it to you this way this is my favorite splinter that was never a human this splinter was only ever a rat. Oh, now he's a mutated okay. rat. We'll leave the 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 story of uh, a Rokusaki. Uh, we'll we'll leave out of it because uh, that that so doesn't they, really rear its head. They ignore that. So they, they, they go with the classic. They go with the classic mutation because in the original, hey JMO, in the original comic, come here, buddy, you want to say hi? Uh, in the original uh, comic book, there he is. In the original comic book, he uh, he was never human. He was the pet. Of a martial artist. Of a martial artist. You're right. So they, they kind of right. went they went even further than that because uh, he just literally finds a book. And he's like, all right, I'll teach the kids self-defense. Um, what I love about this film is it is occasionally self-deprecating. Uh, it feels the most um, modern as far as kind of breaking its own, like, balls. Yeah. Like, at one point, it's just like, uh, you know, I was older than you, but now I'm very old and you're teenagers. That makes total sense. Like, they they call out the nonsense of the turtle lore, because it is nonsense. This started as a parody of Daredevil. Like, let's not pretend this was high art when it started. Yeah. It's high art now because love has been poured into it. But what about you and Mayhem have you seen that you've loved or hated? Decisions you think you like? Decisions you're curious to see if they pay off? Let me know. So there's nothing are. so far that I've seen to indicate that I'm not going to love this movie. The fact that this is the first turtles adaption where they actually casted teenagers kind of boggles my mind and the fact that it's not something that we've thought about ever before it, it kind of bugs me out 
So just knowing that that was the approach, and then honestly, I was sold when I knew Seth Rogen was involved. Like, I'm a big fan of his work, and Superbad is one of my favorite fucking movies, and people forget he's been knocking it out of the park in terms of animation. Like, Is the- he the most... Is he low-key the, the, the most successful creator of our generation no one's coming in what was the last seth rogan thing that wasn't uh, a banger green hornet and green hornet loki is green fine hornet, yeah green hornet's got its merits just don't tell mike well you know but again it's like mike has a dog in that fight my point is you take a great creator you give him a great pre uh, property and you let him go play Exactly. Right, that's all I ever wanted out of these Star Wars pictures. Give people who love Star Wars a chance to play in the world of Star Wars. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino himself, and his brother are going to be the ones that finally bring a Lando solo. Uh, I believe it's going to be a TV series, yeah. Um, it might be a movie, I could be wrong, but that's who you turn to. You turn to the motherfucker who's wearing the cape who loves Lando, and you let him. Go for it. That is the sort of shit. That is the X factor that I think all of these properties need. There's all this talk about how Marvel's lost the step. There's all this talk about how, why is Spider-Verse so successful and Spider-Man kind of just, and the Spider-Man trilogy people really love, so I'll leave them out of it. But why is, why is Sony able to succeed with one of their 12 properties? And it's because they trust the creators. They let them go. Uh, on the Secret Stash tonight, you invoked Phil Lord, right? And his, and his partner in crime. What do they do that's not gangbusters? It's because they're talented people who work on cool shit. Here's the thing. Like, that's the thing with even Seth Rogen, where it's like even their weakest thing is still a fucking strong movie. Like, look at their, like, look at their filmography. I would consider their weakest film Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and that's still a fucking great animated movie. Like these, like they, like when you know what you're doing, when you as what uh, I explained this on the show, and you already just reiterated, when you hire somebody who has a passion for the franchise, you're in good hands. Not just yeah, as, not just with somebody who has a great sense of storytelling, which is important, but when you have someone who actually cares about what these characters look like and the world that they're going to occupy, it's important to have someone at the helm who cares. Like, I understand why it made sense for Bay to direct Transformers, but then I was not into it when I heard his comments about why Bumblebee wasn't a VW bug, because he wasn't cool enough. And then that that's, just me that's like, where you lose me. Yeah, just to like, let She Died know uh, over on Twitch, totally safe. We're going to be spoiler free. Christian has yet to experience Mutant Mayhem, so we might mention uh, some of the stuff that popped up in the trailer, but, but nothing deeper. You bring up a good point, though, Christian, man. I always take offense the minute someone starts apologizing for the thing they're behind the helm of. It's the, the Ryan Reynolds factor, right? You didn't need someone who was like, oh, we love Deadpool, but like, you know, if he was cooler, go fuck yourself. That is such a note from the suits, right? On Secret Stash Live, you guys are always talking about fuck the suits. Fuck the There's suit. a reason they're talking about 
analytical data. Kids love leather. It's why I had to endure like 50 X-Men fucking movies where the, the costumes, by the time they were blue, they were navy fucking blue. It's the conversation about Superman's red panties that drives me insane. Give the man his underwear back. Stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. The Ninja Turtles, they're Ninja Turtles. Michael Bay tried to make them fucking aliens. Stop apologizing for dumb shit that people love. You love Thomas the Tank Engine. So if they make a fucking Thomas flick, it shouldn't be made to drag me to go. It should be made for you to love so much you tell me about it. There's such a false narrative that people who love something will always go. We're, we're learning right now in real time. Marvel and DC, people won't just go anymore. You have to give them a fucking reason to go. So they shouldn't turn to me for a Thomas movie. They should turn to you but for this a is big why, this is live why action so, Thomas movie. But this is why this time is so interesting. And this is why Mutant Mayhem fits into this factor so perfectly. Is because we are now re-entering that era again. And I think Bumblebee really kicked this, like really kickstarted it. Like Bumblebee to me was like, all right, they found somebody who really did fucking love Transformers and understood why it was important to make Bumblebee a VW bug. Like I, I may have been joking before that Bumblebee is the best Herbie movie, but there's a love there that it's like that makes the most sense in the world because there's a vulnerability in the character of Herbie that like even applying that to Bumblebee, you get that it's like, oh, even though I'm making a joke, that's the reality. It's like, he's an alien, another being disguised as one of the most vulnerable little cars known in the fucking planet. So it's, you just, once you get people dedicated who love these things, you're going to create magic like mutant mayhem. You're going to create magic like fucking Barbie, which just grossed a million, a billion fucking dollars. Billion dollars. And, billion. and did you hear, I forgot who said it. Someone, someone was talking about like how pathetic it is that there's any guy on earth who's like, Barbie hurt my feelings. Be like, one, what are you doing? What are you doing going to Barbie if you're so sensitive that if a guy, and I don't think those people saw Barbie because I saw Barbie and I loved yeah. it. And that's a pro guy movie. That oh, movie yeah. literally spent a lion's share of its runtime being like men are allowed to have complex emotions. And also like there's a subplot where Barbie kind of leads on Ken and is kind of a bitch about it. So much so that the character of Barbie is like kind of fucked up what I did. That's in the movie. Yeah. Like people, I think, and this is the problem, and this is why we're why fuck the suits is such a big thing with us, is that it's clear as day that they're already taking the wrong message from Barbie, and it's just adapt every fucking toy property known to man. No, you get passionate people who care about these franchises to make something cool. Like, do you fucking, remember? Again, I know you you work. The, the Smod Castle events. Yeah, so I know there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes to make those events run so well. We'll, we'll, we'll wax poetic about that in the next segment. But did you hear, or, or even in the past, because it was in a, a Kevin Smith DVD, when Kevin met with the studio, and the studio was like, these are the scripts that we want rewritten. That seems like such a key 
to get someone like Kevin involved. Because no matter what your opinion is of any creator, if you get Quentin Tarantino to choose anything from Mattel, and that motherfucker pulls out Uno, you're about to get a bangerang Uno. Right? Like, what is... Why wouldn't you want to let those people play? Especially, we got a billion dollars off of a Barbie movie. It was a two-hour commercial that made me feel all the feelings. Exactly. Like, you were joking before, like... Like, you were joking before about me making a Thomas movie. Like, that's the fucking dream. Like I'm dead fucking serious. Like, like, I... I'm dead. My brother has pitched in private. I don't think we ever mentioned on the show, but a a Superman movie that's so fully formed and lends itself to a universe that, like, I truly believe no one can make a Superman movie as good as my brother, including, God bless him, Richard Donner, who made one and a half of my favorite Superman movies. (laughs) Um, I truly think my brother's idea is stronger, and it comes from a place of absolute love. If you let me have a crack at you know what this is a this is a because we can share it is a project i am actively working on oh uh and you know this one because it's something we're both mutually a fan of yes uh, sir ghostbusters ghostbusters is one of those things where someone was like here are the keys to the kingdom i already got something charles yeah what do you want what in, in what format in what uh, budget I got, you and I have talked briefly about like second and third tier ideas for like, give me a, a show like Cops. With Ghostbusters. One season, you do Ghostbuster Cops. 22 minutes, I'll give you 12 episodes tomorrow. Like, just give me the at bat. Worst case scenario, I turn in scripts you don't like and you tell me to fuck off. Best case scenario, I, I would like to think I have a vision that a lot of people would want. And what's funny, Christian, because I'll do any project with you, I think you and I would produce two incredibly different projects that we would both love. Yeah. And they would be nothing alike, and yet they would have those core, core tenets. Speaking, though, of core tenets, uh, I would wax poetic about Turtles all night, but again, maybe we'll revisit in a future episode. Maybe when the, when the DVD comes out, maybe... We're doing an anniversary screening. Maybe when the sequel comes out, you'll come back on. We'll talk uh, a spoiler review in the future about Big you, time. ma'am, because there are some aspects of this film that I think were tailor-made for you. But speaking of film, you are kind of in the film business in every way. A lot of people know you from live at the Secret Stash. Uh, you and I first met... Um, did we at first meet at a Smod Castle event? We did. We bonded so over Ghostbusters. <laughs> let, let's let's begin at the beginning. Um, you work for one of the greatest directors to ever put pen to paper. I work Kevin for Kevin Smith. Bro. Yeah, is your boss. It's fucking. How annoying. the fuck did you pull off my dream? You're younger than me. You're cooler than me. You're better looking than me. And you have the fucking audacity to work for the man I worship at the altar. How did that start? How did that come into your your life, man? Uh, it's 
it's a little bit of an extended story, so I'll try and tell the abridged version. Um, my so my family is in music. My father was in a group uh, called PM Dawn, and my my because of that, at a very young age, the first horror movie I ever saw, or at least horror moment, was the Shit Demon from Dogma. Scared the ever-loving shit out of me as a child. But that was my first... The Gagolthin? Is that yep. how you pronounce that? The Golgothan. Fuck that thing. Anyway, so that was proof. My mom and dad, huge Kevin Smith fans. Fast forward, and unfortunately, my dad passes away. I have since discovered the movies on my own, and I'm a fan of Kevin at this point. I get a notification that he's at the Ocean County Mall 20 minutes away from me. And I look at my phone, and I'm like, it's time to nerd out. I get in the car. Yeah! Get there in 15 minutes. And I wait in line. And you know who's the first person I meet, actually? I don't meet was Kevin. It, I meet was his it Mike mom. or Big Earn? Oh! I meet his mom. And I'm sitting the there shaking. The matriarch of the Smiths. I'm sitting there shaking. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like... I'm just nervous. It's all good. And she's like, don't be. He's a nice boy. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I go up and I introduce myself because at that time I had made my first short film. And that was amazing. Uh, I had planned on trying to make my own clerks at that point, but we know how much work goes into that bullshit. Um, so I tell him all this and then I tell him my dad was a huge fan. He's like, who was your dad? I was like, oh, my dad was in this group PM Dawn. He's like, get the fuck out. I was a huge fan of PM Dawn. Like, I got their songs. I'm... This is the cool part of the story because it comes back later. He's like, I got their songs on my iPod right now. I got two songs queued up. It's I Die Without You and Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. And it's two of the biggest hits. And he shows me and it's like, oh, my God. So then he takes my phone. And this has been a cut. Co- I'm not going to get emotional. It had been a couple of months since my dad had passed away. And he records a message from my mom on my phone telling her how much PM Dawn meant to him and how cool it was meeting me. And when I tell you that helped in such a horrible time, it was fucking wonderful. And not at that point, my hero, like, like he was already a hero of mine. It became a mythical figure. Yeah. Like, I, like I knew. Like I knew at some point, like I'm going to work for him. Like I don't know how it's going to happen. But then the opportunity arose. My friend Laura was like, hey, you want to do a podcast? This is months, months later. You want to do a podcast with me? Sure. Okay, never done a podcast before. So I go to this place called a shared universe. Fuck yes. So I go to this place called a shared universe, and I meet Ming Chen for the first time. And, he hit, and we hit it off, and he's like, oh, shit, you're PM Dawn's kid. I was like, how the fuck do you know that? He's like, oh, I heard the story. Fucking incredible. What? You heard what? So we hit it off. He offers me a job. And then a year down the line. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, pretty much. That's it. He offered me a job. I'm going to beat the shit out of Ming Chen and (laughs) my dead dad. My dead dad wasn't famous at all. (laughs) So Ming offered me a job and I worked for a shared universe for two years. And then I got a really cool opportunity to work with the legendary Ernie O'Donnell. I filmed uh, two shows Big with Earn. him. Big Earn. I filmed two shows with him. Uh, I made Project Smodcastle, which we documented the construction. That was you? That was me. Oh, I love Project Smodcastle. And then it's on YouTube I found, still. 
yep. Kevin's page. And then I followed it up with uh, Project Stash, where we filmed the construction of the brand new stash we are in today. Unbelievable. Where, mind you, I had a run-in with the actual Golgothan and had a visceral reaction to it. To I was going to say, and he lives in a toilet bowl now. Now he lives in a toilet bowl, and I laugh at him every time I fucking walk through the door. So, Be like, I that, won. Victory was mine. Yeah, but then in that process, around that time, Kevin had made uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And I go see the movie. I bring it with a friend of mine, a girl. And I'm sitting there having a grand old time. And then all of a sudden, in one of the best fucking scenes of the movie, I Die Without You starts playing in the fucking background. And I hadn't seen Kevin since that encounter at the Mammoth Mall. But the fact that it was I Die Without You and it was the song that was on his iPad means that that motherfucker had been planning that moment since. And it was amazing. And I'm sitting there in the theater bawling. And the girl next to me is like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'll explain later. You're like, (laughs) shut up. You're ruining it. Exactly. That is... Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievably awesome. And then when I got to do the stash thing was when I started to be in contact with him. One day out of the blue, I get a text. And it was just, hey, Chris, it's Kev. I threw my phone because I was like, no fucking way. I was like, that's not what? And then I look and he was like, great job on these edits. Like, this is gr-. like my, my hero in filmmaking was complimenting my film work. And I was just like, I can, I can die now. Yeah. I'm good. So then through the relationship there, working with Ernie, making those shows, working with Kev making those shows, I became the lead audio guy at the old Smod Castle. And then when the old Smod Castle became the new Smod Castle, I morphed into that as well. And I've been there ever since. And I'm that still with the shared universe. That is such there. a – what is that – what does that feel like? Because you have unreal. unreal. You, does it? Do you feel like it inspires you more? Because you directly get to work with a series of winners. All bullshitting aside, Kev iconic. Ernie O'Donnell is prolific in his own right. He has he has managed to do a little bit of everything. Uh, Mike Zapsick, television star. Mike Zapsick, multiple seasons of television. Yep. Ming Chen, same fucking television series. Yep. Julia runs one of the greatest comic book stores in the country, if not the world. Certainly one of the most famous at this point, being a double for Brody, so it's been in multiple movies given not the real one but like this is your your constantly in touch with new jersey royalty as a creator as an artist in your own right is that fire burning brighter is it more challenging because you feel like well now i know it can happen my father was successful in the industry i work with people who are successful in the industry um, if we've learned anything from you know, decades of, of people being that close to talent, being close to talent doesn't 
mitigate shit. Maybe, maybe it gets you a tenth of a step closer. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's still on you. It's still on me. And I'm grateful for where I'm at. But the truth of the matter is, is like, I really think I got here not just because of like who my dad was. Like, yes, it helped. But I had a very strong work ethic. I still do. Like, I work very hard at what I do. Like, even though, like, even if people don't see me when I'm at Small Castle events, like, if, if the minute Kevin starts talking, I'm at my job, at the board, making sure he sounds the best that he can. And I take pride in that. Like, yes, I'm surrounded by these legends, but it's my job to make sure that they look the best that they possibly can. And I don't take that for granted. Like, I, yeah. like I'm very... I'm humbled by where I'm at. Like I, if you'd have told me this five years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. Like well, I would have sounds, been in a fucking way. It sounds like a. It sounds like someone should be showing you their their dick. Like it sounds like this is an elaborate fucking ruse, right? Yeah, no. Like, like there it, must there must be days where you're like, this is bullshit. Because I would say, and I'm sure there have been people. Unfortunately, there's always going to be people who claim. Well, the only reason this is because of that, but I think an argument can be made like, (laughs) nice, Uh, rest (laughs) in peace, rest in peace. Anyway, continue. I I think there's someone who would try to take away from Kevin saying like, well, if you didn't work in the convenience store, he wouldn't have had a location for his film. Like, it's true, but it's fucking kind of irrelevant. It wasn't. You wouldn't have gotten a job if you did shitty edits. So every opportunity you had, you've succeeded at. You've prioritized shit when I'm sure you'd sometimes rather be working on your own projects. What I find amazing about you is from the minute I I met you, the thing that we connected on was creations from creators and almost instantly transitioned to, well, what do you create? What It immediately became a conversation of like, I do this, I do that, I write music, I, I, I have these scripts, I have ideas for this, I'm going to do this short, I'm going to do that, I have a podcast, I do this. And, and what was, what's interesting is I think there's almost this like cult of Kevin because for 20 plus years he's been preaching go out and create and i think what he's done is he's created an army of people like us and i see it all the time cousin paul my cousin is one of the biggest fantastic four fans of all time he has such a great mind for that stuff and he brings it to what would be disguised as a normal life joker stream on twitch some of the most creative fu- I mean he does full cosplay when he streams on Twitch it's it's unfucking believable created this whole universe with a sidekick and uh, you put yourself around creative people and I feel like instantly you get it's a lot easier to be juiced up and I feel like what's amazing every Kevin event I go to at Smod Castle for years I talked shit I said if Kevin did more shit in the East Coast if he did more events I would go to more and then last year i went to his birthday bash at the secret stash and since then i've been to 20 fucking events because he took over that theater with his buddies and yep. it's like well i got fucking called on it so yeah i'm gonna go see chasing amy again like i don't have a fucking choice he called my bluff he like <laughs> looked me in the face and he was like what's that bitch you know Give I, me wish, 37 I, wish, bucks. I wish for the same shit and now i'm just oh well, look where i fucking work <laughs> and i'm just like you know what at the end of the day, like, 
even when I joke about it, like I, I think that like anybody, like I'm not necessarily at an advantage because I work with Kev. Ever like people would assume like, oh, you're showing him scripts all the time. I haven't even mentioned a fucking film idea to this dude. Yeah. Like, because one, I respect him too much. I know his time is valuable. And I'm not going to do that until he asks me what I'm working on. Oh, yeah. And even then, I already told him one thing, and I got the basically the go-ahead. And I'm That's... ecstatic about that. But, like, at the same time, it's my job now to to kind of build on what I've got going on now. Now you're right. Like, I am in a small limelight scenario where people know who I am and are interested in what I have to work on and what I have to say. So that is the most valuable thing. And I feel like There's that's something. fan art of you. That's the Last week someone thing, off fan art. That's so strange. But it's wonderful. Like, I never, like you never think you're going to get to that point. And then when you get fan art, it's like, Fuck yeah! Me? I I got I got some good uh, I got some good news for new friend over on the purple side. She died. Uh, Chasing Amy is gonna be shown at Smod Castle Cinemas. These Smod Castle events are the most bang for your buck, worth it shit of all time. I'm gonna do it's a done. cheap plug, not a paid advertisement, just a place I love and I try to get to as often as I can. But you know September twenty third today is sponsored by Smod Castle Cinemas. Fuck yeah! There you go. Uh, September 23rd, you can meet Kevin and Joey Lauren Adams herself for Chasing Amy screening uh, over at Smod Castle Cinemas. Limited tickets still available. But check out this goddamn lineup. This lineup is incredible. We got this weekend. You can see my brother. If you're out in the Tri-State area, Long Island, New York, it's selling out very quickly. Very limited tickets left. Last I checked, about 20 tickets left. But if you can't do that, there's still some tickets left for a screening. Uh, they call it Watch with Kev over at Smodcastle. Dogma this Saturday in, uh, in, in beautiful New Jersey. Sunday, Caddyshack and Shooting Clerks, a little doubleheader. Monday, we got Trading Places, the movies that made him with Kevin. Then we have Midnight Run, Coming to America, Fat Man Beyond is sold out. Uh, Keep Calm and Curry On starts on 826. Uh, we got Fletch on 827. We got Shrek September 3rd. Nutty Professor on September 3rd as well. We got Laurie Palmateri showing up for a comedy show on 9-9. Tusk! Has some new tickets open because they moved it to 917. You can see the man who has turned into a fucking walrus and, boss, and meet the walrus. That's only the stuff we've announced. I can, there's so much that I can't talk about. That I volunteer to go shit. into that walrus suit, by the way. If you guys who, need that who, walrus who you to think move. I'm doing on that fucking day. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, walrus, yes. Smod Castle Cinema. Tickets range. Uh, anywhere from $15 if uh, Kev is there. You pay $10 for the movie, $5 for the celebrity fucking uh, uh, experience worth every penny. Moves its way up to $37 for the bigger shows. Goes all the way up to $69 for the super giant shows. And a lot of times they have add-ons like taking photos. I've taken a photo not only with Kevin Smith, not only with Mubi, not only with Christian, but also with Silent Bob version of Kevin Smith. I have a whole multiverse of Kevin photos now. Um, one thing I cannot oversell, Christian, is 
the 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 joy that you and your colleagues over at Smod Castle Cinema bring to so many of us. I've referred to that place like my like my church. Um, what's I I joke zero percent when I talk about how special that place is to me, right? Because there's something to be said about being around a bunch of people hooting and hollering during a movie. Not always acceptable. At Smad Castle Cinemas, the movies come to play, but and Kev comes to party. Encouraged. Like, that's it's one of my fucking... favorite thing about the Watch with Kevin's movies is, like, he encourages you to react to the way that I want reactions in a movie. I don't like talking during a movie, but I love reactions during a movie. There's nothing better than cheering. Yeah. And the, the when I, I went to uh, one of my first screenings there, one of the smaller screenings was Batman 89. And every time Batman showed up, we cheered. And every time Joker showed up, we booed the shit out of him. And I got stuck in traffic, so it took me four and a half hours to get to Smod Castle. Uh, I missed the auction. Luckily, the auction was was some really cool stuff was sold. So I was right on time for the movie. So I wound up standing because I was, like, tight from traffic. I had a, a goddamn blast. Chris calling out my very cool shirt. Uh, you can't get this shirt anymore. This is from being a member of that Kevin Smith Club. Uh, the greatest $5 you could spend gives you access to all sorts of Kev goodness. For $10, you get some weekly videos, multiple weekly videos from Kev himself called meditation not a paid ad just some shit i love um i'm not saying i bought a jersey from kevin on that kevin smith club but i did and uh i'm going to proudly display it as soon as it arrives but speaking of all that cool shit talking about how cool christian's life is my life's occasionally pretty cool and this podcast is part of that and to keep this podcast alive i gotta pay some bills and luckily uh unlike some of kev's podcasts where he gets paid uh, a, a king's ransom to sell us the world's greatest nut shavers. Uh, the only people that try to advertise on this show are kind of shitheads selling terrible products. So we instead turn to our good friends because we don't sell out for bullshit. Instead, we turn to our favorite shit in the world. So today we're once again brought to you by one of my absolute favorite bands. That, of course, is Bad Mary. You heard them during the intro. You're going to hear them at the end of the show. If you're wondering where else you can catch their act, you can follow them over at Bad Mary across all social media platforms. You can support them over on patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. You can stay up to date at badmary.com for merch and upcoming performances. But my favorite part, Christian, you'll love this. Their entire discography is available on every single music streaming service. They don't gatekeep what? their music at all. It's very, very easy. And that's very to, rare these days in terms of in artist stuff. So that's very, it's, it's very forward. They're they're on the hustle. They just did a tour of Japan. Uh, they got a bunch of shows coming up. Check them out on their website. But sometimes I like to kick back and I like to watch people that are way better at video games than me play exclusively now on Kick. I got one simple question for you, Christian, and that's where we drop in. And that's with Sergeant Finesse. You can find them gaming on kick.com multiple streams every day they're slowly becoming one giant stream so you get a lot of sarge all in a row it's outstanding video game content supporter games co-streams giveaway contests don't be a sucker check them out today when the sarge is on deck we salute boom christian you're over on uh x it's now called and every time i say that i'm just gonna say x gonna give it to you he gonna give it to you which i uh, don't our, mind it's just i die a little every time uh, I he's just a, a cheese ball but you're not a cheese ball uh they can follow you on I am arcade, proud of it, God damn it. arcade player one 
Uh, the thing I was I popped biggest for recently was uh, was it your second or third song you did for Chuck E. Cheese? Second. <laughs> you got two songs for the Pizza Mouse. You can find those links. And my oh favorite my part God. is the mouse tweeted you, oh uh, which made my heart so so happy. But keeping in line with all these uh, amazing giveaways. Uh, a thing I'm very sad about, we record the show on Comic Book Day, just like Jay, Alive from the Secret Stash. Um, mm. My local comic book store is closed. Uh, it has been gone for a long time. I've gone fully digital, but no more, my friends, because my favorite comic book retailer, arguably the most famous comic book world in the in comic book store in the entire world, has a solution for you. But here's the thing, Christian, I don't want you to wax poetic about it. Mm. I'm not even going to... Force Mike and Julia to wax poetic. Uh, hey, Kev, take it away. Jay and oh. Silent Bob Secret Stash wants to be your local comic shop. Has your local comic shop closed down or is there no local comic shop near you? Well, guess what? Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash wants to be your local comic shop so badly that we've started an online reservist program. Used to be come into the store and join up, get your books every month. Now, Anywhere in the continental United States, you can join up our reservist program. You get 15% off every month. You get 15% off your comic books. You get 15% off your trade paperbacks. You get 15% off your hardcovers, and we send them right to you, man. Don't be comics-less. What are you, nuts? Not when Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash want to send you your comics. All you have to do is go to Secret Stash online and find the reservist section and sign up. Every month, we will ship the books Right to you, man, from the world's most famous comic book store, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. Go to Secret Stash online right now, or if you're on the website, just go down to the reservist section and sign up. 15% off. What are you waiting for? Let Jay and Silent Bob send you comic books every month, kids. You didn't even know he was up front, did you? Nope. You, you know, didn't even know he's out front. I heard he's going to give you a raise, too. You can tell him I said that. Yeah, he's right outside um, the door. He's right, right outside there. that door. Just yeah. big pile of money for you because okay. you do what you do oh so well. Uh, I, I love the fact. The, the For me, it wasn't even the 15%. It's just knowing that, that Mike and Julie are going to pack my shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I could always turn to Mike and, uh, and ask him for advice. And it just makes it really, really easy. Sign up was super simple. I tried to write that shit down. And then I was like, I'll just let Kevin tell everybody but uh here's my favorite part man on your amazing show which they can find every wednesday usually around 6 45 you guys go live mm -hmm. you know the the suits have brought a lot of pain to us the last few years the hollywood suits still fucking allowing this strike to go on these pieces ah it's world famous mike in the house hello everybody how we doing Oh, that is a full-on celebrity kid. Woo! Look at this handsome son of a bitch. <laughs> Says he loves you. I love him right back. Um, the 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 thing that we like to do is we like to dream of a better world here. Mm -hmm. uh, so you and I, uh, we're not the suits. We're not the suit type. However, not yet. We are gonna go ahead and pitch Hollywood an idea so good they, they cannot fucking help but make it ladies and gentlemen let's get on the elevator because it's time for our little pitch meeting
So things are a little bit different this week because we are both going to pitch. You lovely people are going to play Sooth, and we're going to pitch you the next great uh, movie possible franchise. Before that, though, Christian, where can they find your show week after week? Give them your social media. Give them the page. Give them the whole nine. All right, y'all. The best place to find me is on what was formerly Twitter, uh, Arcade Player One. That is my handle everywhere. I'm on Instagram, although I am under there as uh, Christian underscore Cordez. Live from the Secret Stash airs every Wednesday at around 6.30, 6.45 on my YouTube channel, Arcade, as an old school arcade machine productions. And then uh, we also air it on the Secret Stash Facebook page every Wednesday as well. So that's where you can find me. Say hello. Give me a follow. It's uh, it's it's one of my it's it's one of my favorite shows just because, for me, it feels like checking in on on new friends. Um, if if I can't make it to Jersey, I'm like ah, Jersey comes to me. But we're <laughs> talking. Uh, last week I did a nice little guest spot on your amazing show. You can watch the replay on their Facebook page Wonderful. right after you're done watching so this. Dope. But it's landfill, 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 the horror movie. The next great. You and I didn't meet before this. We, we had a couple brief conversations about it. But where do we want to start? So Landfill spelled L-A-N-D-P-H-I-L, because we don't want brand confusion. Nope. Uh, we're going very Toxic Avengery, right? I think well, that's I think, our safest bet. Yeah, I think the safest bet for this is to make a movie that is a tribute to the Toxic Avenger while taking in some of those newer horror elements that people have loved so much while retaining classic creature feature feeling like so do I, we want yes do we want this to be like a24 are we looking for we're looking for a modest budget do we want to go b movie i want to go modest budget so i think i would like at the most 10 million dollars i don't okay. want necessarily an a24 movie i want an a24 and Monkey Paw movie. So I want that little bit of Jordan Peele flair to it. I like that. I like that. So right out of the gate, uh, obviously we pick up with Phil. Phil is just working the landfill. He's just one of these poor bastards. Do we want to go with the environmentalist flair? Is this a situation? And those of you watching along, feel free to drop your ideas. Are we trying? Are we going to try to move a not so subtle message? into this because because jordan peele you know he loves his his messaging he loves his i think we i think we should because i think that there's a really cool idea in there of mother earth fighting back and basically like what happens when mother earth not only fights back but turns you into the most horrendous version of humanity like landfill to me could literally be like phil himself is not a good guy like I don't think Phil, I think Phil is the owner of the landfill, and that and, and, and like maybe the environmentalist is like a character we do follow, but like maybe, ooh, this could be a cool situation. Now hear me out. What if it's the reverse situation, where even though landfill is the bad guy, he is realizing the error of his ways, while we follow the environmentalist, who we realize is all kinds of fucked up in trying to spread the message where okay i love that where the villain i love that where we where we have a schlocky villain in the beginning but then 
it could almost morph into into oddly enough like a weird little hero all right so so right out of the gate what comes to my head is i think our environmentalists we need like a young beautiful actor who can samantha weaving Ooh, that's solid do you think samantha weaving can go like we want a little over the top, right? We want a little. We want extra. that. Listen, I've those babysitter movies prove to me that she she can fucking do it. Okay. I, I and any like the movies that she has been starring in horror wise have just been fucking killer. So I think she can bring that energy easily. Okay. Who do we want for Phil? Who do I want for Phil? I, I can tell you my dream. My dream on the poster is Bill Murray. Who? I could, oh my God. We just need to leave him the right voicemail. I feel like he would star as Phil in Landfill. Now, is this like a a movie where we pick up, where we meet Phil in his human form and then he becomes Landfill? Yeah, like we only need Bill for like three days. Yeah, and then the rest is voice work. The voice, and honestly... We'll call his brother. Like, worst case scenario, if Bill flakes on us, we'll pull up the video game. See, now, here's my thing. I'm thinking about this, like, fucking seriously. And I'm like, you know, like, just the tones of their voice who could be monstrous, creepy, yet bring such gravitas to a role that is ridiculous. And you know who I'm thinking? Who? I'm thinking Keith David. I feel like we can get Keith David. I feel like we could get Keith David. I feel like we may have to in, we may have to invoke that like, oh, my buddy Christian works for Kev. Like we may need to remind him that there's that there's some kind of clo- like we're gonna try to premiere at Smod Castle Cinemas. So let's take it from the top. So we meet we meet Phil who's cutting all sorts of corners. He's letting every shitty company dump their sludge in his landfill because he could give a fuck about we, he makes a meal out of using a plastic straw that's yep. our first scene oh, yeah. he is just fuck paper straws and he is just going to town we could have a turtle choking in the fucking background you know keith david phil doesn't give a shit the environment oh, this is great so the environmentalist is is truly by any means necessary yeah so she does she set up like a saw type trap or are we gonna go she like hits him with a fucking car into deep into the landfill what do you got brewing dude okay i just had a crazy fucking thought and i'm almost kind of scared to scare this on shit i'm almost scared to share this well we'll pull we'll pull a tusk well this is a copyright co-owned u.s comics hq slash secret stash uh it's a collab we own this don't you come trying to steal our shit so what if uh, we do meet this environmentalist character, but what if it's a twist villain scenario? Like, and like in the beginning, we don't. He gets transformed by something, something gross that gets put into his landfill. But then we find out the environmental bitch put it there. Oh, so you want to do it like a like like a reveal in the third act? Yeah, this like, is all. And she is the she is our our final girl. So she's the one kind of being stalked the whole movie, and then it turns out this creature is by her fucking hand. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Oh, this is beautiful. So are we going to go with, like, we're doing full monster suit, right? Oh, I would see full monster suit. 
the, I would lean more into the practicality. If we got to do some CG enhancements a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we got, if we get 10 million, we can, yeah, we can million. give a nice, we can get a good VFX team to help. And here's the thing. I don't see this being like a straight up, like horrifying horror movie. Like this is going to be a fun Joe it's Dante movie. Slither. Yeah. We basically are, are we're, we're, we're given a, a little head nod to slip. It's going to be fucking messed up. You know what? But you're going to be able to laugh. We'll work some a, boobs in for the teenage boys. I got a pitch for you for this. Hey, and I was just joking about it, but I'm thinking about it more and more, and it makes the most sense. This is a movie that I think me and you should just write and produce. But then when it comes to the direction, I think we should bring Joe Dante out of retirement to do it. Think about yes. that. The man who helmed the Burbs, Gremlins 1 and 2. days like, of yes. Dude. Oh, let's let's lean into the Gremlins of it all. So Phil, right? Landfill. Landfill. What if he has like like pus bubbles that grow throughout the first act? Dude, and when they pop, has... oh. what if we got little critter type monsters? Oh, that's the cliffhanger like ending, bro. Puppets? Oh, that's the fuck! Like he has babies at the end. Yeah, that's like he has like a ending. swarm of twenty of them. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's got to be so fucking gross. So like, landfill obviously meets his end in the landfill, and then after the credits roll, we see his corpse fucking decomposing in the landfill. But then these maggots like crawl in, and then those <gasps> maggots become his babies, oh. and they become part of landfill. I love it. <laughs> like I, love I think, it. like landfill should be so much fun, but he's so gross to look at. Like, oh, it, I like, want it to be unpleasant. I, I want like, kids. I want kids like us. You remember the scene in RoboCop where Homeboy gets the like chemicals dumped on him? Oh yeah, that. I like, want that. I want that, kids yeah. to not feel well. I want that. A combination of Toxic Avenger. I want. This is the dumbest little reference in there, but I'm throwing it in there because it's a movie about garbage. I want that little subtle hint of Elmo and Grouchland. Like, I fucking, like, I just want ridiculous amounts of garbage. Like, fucking. I want them. Can we, can, do you think the audience would? Oh. I'm always curious where the line is. Can we get away with double nose like the yes. troll in Ernest scared stupid? Yes, of course. Just one always has some boogies coming out of it. And then just because I want to connect it, for some reason, to the Tusk universe, I want Guy Lapointe in there. Oh, I, I mean, know. we gotta try to get Guy in it. We gotta try, just because I think it'd be ridiculous. Now, I got a little pitch for this movie too that I think would actually kind of help it. Tell me now. It's set in one location. It's set at the landfill the whole fucking time, in a massive junkyard landfill. It's gonna be. We have to think of where we want it. To, if we're if we're working in Guy Lapointe, maybe we should set it in the Canadian. Universe, <laughs> just in case, just in case Kev wants to produce it, um, we can always use an executive vision. Um, I mean, not. For I nothing. feel like I know we're joking here, but like I'm I know not. I said Keith I'm David. I know I said fucking Keith serious. David, but like Johnny Depp could crush that shit. Johnny, and he might. Johnny Depp's ju like he's just, and frankly, his daughter's an even bigger star than she was a few years ago. I vote we work in an A to Z cameo. See if we can get see if we can get the girls to 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 smock up. That'll be our cameo. We'll be buying we'll be buying something from the A to Z. 
So wait a minute. Now here's my thing with with landfill. Is this going to be the type of movie where it's? Oh man, it could be. I can sense this being a little bit of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Fuck yes. Where it's like these other kids are getting taken out accidentally by landfill, but he's not trying to take them out. He's trying to take out the main bitch. I love it. So that's why they're so goddamn effective. I, I, I like this a lot. I, I like I like this a lot. A lot. Like a lot. I, a lot. And, and, and again, listen, I'm never going to hide the fact that I'm just trying to get in with the team. But I, I think I think our A to Z cameo is we make it seem like the so we have we have our, our couple of uh, uh, hero types, right, that are going to be fighting landfill and he's disinterested, which is why they survive. Right. <laughs> Mike is genuinely auditioning for landfill right now. Um, I think what we do is we have it seem like we're going to do a yoga hoser sequel. Like, the girl's going to be part of it, and that's where they're just like, we're not even supposed to be here today, okay? Sorry, boot that. And we just fuck off. So there's that little bit of smodification if Kev wants it. Yeah. If the girl, I mean, again, the girls are, are probably way too expensive now, but absolutely, absolutely worth the shot. Listen, um, this is one of those things where it's going to be like, listen, we got a little bit of money, but read the script. Look how much fun we're going to have. Fuck and yes, and it's... And that's all it's about. I, I mean, listen, I'm not, we're the ones pitching it, but I'm telling you, it's in the movie. Uh, I think Landfill is going to be a, a, a multiple film series. I got no question about it. Christian, I hope you're ready to get really rich with me. Oh, yeah, but uh, then we didn't even talk about the, the Saturday morning spinoff, Landfill Babies. Like, you, like, you know. <laughs> Landfill Babies, they're environmentalists. Like a real hard <laughs> Oh my god. I'm I'm all in Christian. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're just coming up with ideas. We're just brainstorming. We'll You're an in executive producer. We're an executive yeah. producer. <laughs> We're gonna make you rich. <laughs> the tens of dollars you'll make, Mike. You're going to make tens of dollars, boss. That's all we can promise. Oh, my God. Christian, thank you so much for hanging out today, man. Meant the absolute world to me. We got to do it again soon. I'm so glad that people were able to learn a little something about you. Arcade Player One over on X, because it's going to give it to you. The great Christian doing great things, making his mark uh, in the entertainment industry. But you you can see him for free at literally every single Smodcastle event. You can get your comic books mailed to you by the Secret Stash themselves, including their exclusive Secret Stash Press. Uh, The world of Kevin Smith grows every day. The world of Ninja Turtles grew. We talked about Landfill, and I know you all want to see it. We talked about Christian. There's only one thing left to do, my friend, and that's to hit that beautiful music. But there's only one way. We end each and every episode of US Comics Cast. And first, you gotta turn the power on. Then you gotta turn the volume up. Tune, Ben Marion. Open up the window wide and scream out to the night sky. Say, I'm a space girl. We are.